It's so good to have you guys here. Uh, welcome, 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 um, Church Online watching us today. I hope that you are cozy and paying attention. So <laughs> we don't want you scrolling Facebook. We want you to stay with us and worshiping with us, and we're glad to have you guys with us, everybody, everywhere. And so a uh, quick announcement. This Saturday is our Halloween party, neighborhood Halloween party. We got loads of candy, and we're going to have so much fun handing it out to the neighborhood, and it's going to be a great time. It looks like we're going to have like nice weather, too, almost 60 and sunny. Yeah, so we're stoked about that. I hope you come and help us serve cocoa and candy and bless the neighborhood on this day, and so it's going to be a great time. Uh, in case we haven't met, I'm Lee. I'm the lead pastor here at Mercy Vineyard Church. And let's go ahead and put up our uh, mission statement and say it together with gusto. We are living a passionate mission to love, grow, and go for the greater glory of God. That's what our church is all about, folks. We are on a mission. We are still on a mission. We're not hunkering down. We're on a mission. We're moving forward. Uh, we believe that God has called us to great things and uh, created the church to move forward and to live on mission. And so we're going to keep on doing that. And we're growing in Jesus and we're loving each other, loving our community. We're serving each other. We're going. And so we're just excited. And so today what we're doing is we are concluding our series on wisdom called The Way of Wisdom. And we've been talking about walking in greater wisdom as followers of Jesus. And, uh, and this is important, right? Remember Proverbs 3, 15 and 16 says, Wisdom is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. She offers you long life in her right hand and riches and honor in her left. And so we believe that wisdom is something that we should be pursuing. Remember, wisdom is not information. Wisdom is not fuzzy feelings. Wisdom is something greater altogether. And that, uh, I mean, it just if you're a human being, you should be pursuing wisdom. And so in this series, we've talked about honoring God and surrendering to his will, surrendering to his ways, because his ways are higher than our ways. Um, and we talked about disciplining ourselves. When you talked last week about getting more wisdom, about learning from those who are wiser than us, that there's a whole lot of fool's wisdom out there, uh, but God has godly wisdom. And he has put it in people who have gone before us, people who have learned from mistakes, people who have pressed into the Lord, and so we can learn. And it's good to go to... Uh, you know, people who have gone before you. You know, one of the things when we, side note, the first probably five years at least of our children's lives, um, Wendy was on the phone to older mothers, probably on a weekly basis. What do I do? Help me out here. How can I walk through this? You know, and so... Uh, it's so important because we could just go to people who've gone before. So do it, all right? Um, today what I want to do is I want to talk about a, a particular key, right, that will unlock wisdom for you in ways that uh, you never knew were possible, right? That's uh, like such a cliche thing. You never knew were possible. 
But when we get this key, when we grab this thing, um, it really does change everything. And this one thing will allow you to grow and change faster and encounter God more often. And, and this thing will also make you more likable. Uh, does anybody here want to be more likable? Those of you not raising your hands are not very likable. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm fine. <laughs> no. Um, ah, you know what I mean. It'll make you more likable. And, and before I discovered this, I would often think that I was growing in the Lord, but I wasn't. Um, before I understood this principle, I would think I was growing, but I was only adding knowledge to my head. And I was not maturing in my heart. I was not changing. And I would learn wise things, but when I was put to the test, I would fail. Right? I, mean, I think we've all been there where we learned something, maybe we read something, maybe we even spent some time in prayer and we felt a sense of inspiration. And then we got in our car and we drove, and in our mind, we cursed at people. <laughs> right? You know, knowledge isn't power. Knowledge applied is power, right? And so we kind of have to understand that. Uh, and maybe you've been there. You try to grow and you try to change. And then you get frustrated that nobody sees that you changed. <laughs> Can I just tell you something? You really probably didn't change. Um, you get frustrated, right? You hear the preaching. You might even shout amen, but that offense that you endured, it keeps bringing up bitterness in you. A lot of times that, when that happens, when we're like, oh, that offense, that offense, it keeps coming up, you didn't change. You know? And I'm not saying that you're a horrible person for that, because that happens to me all the time, and that would make me a horrible person too, and I'm not. Um, <laughs> or... You still get angry easily, or you're highly critical, and you find yourself saying things that you wish you could take back. One of the, one of the ways that I sort of, that like metric, that I, I look at to see if I've grown is, how often do I go without saying things that I wish I wouldn't have said, <laughs> right? And so uh, if I go a while without saying things that I wish I wouldn't have said, I go, okay, then I must be changing, <laughs> because... This mouth thing, this hole in our heads is usually one of the greatest indicators of growth that we have. And uh, today I want to share, I want to share that wisdom key with you. And it's probably no big surprise, but listen, it's called humility. It's called humility. Psalms 25, 9 through 10 says, He leads the humble in doing right, teaching them his way. The Lord leads with unfailing love and faithfulness all who keep his covenant and obey his commands. And here's one thing that I've learned about God over the years, and that's that he really loves humility. If there's one thing that I know about God, if there's one thing that I know about his character, if there's one thing that I know is that he just really loves humility. And you know what? God deals with humble people differently than he deals with proud people. Anybody here ever notice that? Right? You read through scripture. He deals with humble people differently than he deals with proud people. And some people feel like, boy, God just deals so harshly with me. I am just dealt with so harshly. Do you know why? It's because there's pride there. 
And if you were humble, God wouldn't have to deal so harshly with you because you would learn your lesson a lot faster. And so in Luke 14, 11, Jesus said, For those who exalt themselves will be, guess what the next word is? Humbled. Those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. So what are some things that we can learn from Scripture about this wisdom key, this humility? We're going to talk about that, but real quick, guys, let's pray. God, we praise you, we love you, and Lord, this morning we want to humbly approach your word and allow you to speak to us and change us. And Lord, this may seem like a small thing, but I believe that, God, if we get a hold of this, radical, wonderful, beautiful change can happen in us, and not only in us, but through us. And so, God, we pray that you would help us to catch this this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we're going to start off by reading from 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 5 through 11. And in this instance, Peter is addressing the church, and I think this is super, super interesting, because Peter's talking to the church about humility, but it's in the midst of intense government persecution of the church. What an interesting thing that Peter would address during persecution by the government to the church. What a strange, unusual time to address something like humility. And uh, because you know, all of us know that when we feel like our rights are being infringed on, do we feel humble? Not me. I feel angry. All right? And so it's during this time Peter starts talking about humility. And he says this, he says, In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. And all of you, dress yourselves in humility. Dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Hey, let's all say that together. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. That was so weak. That was like the least enthusiastic I've ever heard anyone say anything besides, take me to the dentist. So, uh, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So, humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Can I tell you again, just by experience, if we don't humble ourselves, guess what? God will find a way to humble us. If we don't humble ourselves, God will find a way to humble us. And so he says, humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God. Why does he say in the midst of this this talk on humility, give all your cares and worries to God. Because we, in our pride, love to manage our own cares and worries, don't we? Oh, okay, that's another sermon altogether. But he says, give all your cares and worries to God, for he cares about you. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. I did not add that passage of scripture on there just because it made a nice bow. I put it on there because when we are walking in pride, we are the most susceptible to the enemy ever, period. Okay? 
And so we have got to walk in humility. And then he says, stand firm against him. Be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore you, support and strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation. All power to him forever. Amen. So if you remember one thing this morning, and if you remember one thing over the last three weeks, remember this. Pride hinders wisdom from getting in, but humility is an open door. Let me say it again. Pride hinders wisdom from getting in, but humility is an open door. If you're the same person you were a year ago, there may be a pride issue. All right? If you are highly critical of other people, there may be a pride issue. If you are a, you know what, because I, I play guitar, so I consider myself a musician. <laughs> All right? If you're critical of other musicians, you probably have a pride issue. If you're critical of other leaders, other pastors, other preachers, you probably have a pride issue, right? If you're critical of other people who maybe share the same talents or share the same gifts or share the same occupation, there's probably a pride issue there, okay? Because uh, the thing about pride is pride loves to make comparisons. Pride loves to make comparisons. If you're at the gym and you're comparing your body to somebody else, there's probably a pride issue, right? If you don't go to the gym because those people at the gym are a bunch of prideful jerks, you probably have a pride issue. <laughs> All right? All right? It's, it's comparison. You know, this essence is we have this issue with comparison. If you're, if you're frustrated at your job for a long time, frustrated with your relationships, frustrated with your life, there may be a pride issue. Everyone's like, everybody got Everybody gets frustrated once in a while, right? Everybody gets frustrated. You know why we get frustrated? Because frustration is this thing that we hit because we, hit, we keep hitting a wall over and over again. I'm just deal, it's same crap, different day. Same crap, different day, right? Well, you know what? There wouldn't be the same crap, different day if you were growing. And you're probably not growing because you have pride. Good night, everybody. End of stream. I'm just kidding. We're going to keep going. All right? So that, here's the insidious thing about pride. The thing about pride is that it is so much easier to see pride in other people than it is to see it in yourself. That's what pride does. It's so much easier to look at the person next to you and see pride in them and, and than it is to see it in yourself. Rarely do we ever identify pride in our own lives. Rarely do we ever identify. It, pride keeps us from growing. It keeps us from moving forward. It even keeps us from seeing our own sin. Pride keeps us from seeing our own sin. I find myself that if I'm going for a while where, you know, I'm not, feel, I'm not sensing the Holy Spirit's conviction and sin and righteousness like the Word says, a lot of times I'm like, oh, pride keeps me from seeing my sin. Maybe there's an issue of pride that I need to let God deal with. All right? Pride keeps us from being our own sin. But it does give us amazing eyesight to see other people's sins. 
That's the thing about pride. It blinds us to our own sin and opens our eyes to see what's wrong with everybody else. That's the problem with pride. It's so insidious, you guys. Pride is so insidious and so powerful. So, the first step toward humility is admitting that you're not humble. That you're not humble. All right? Okay? In my experience, the most prideful people I've ever met claim to be humble. Why is that? Why is that? In fact, I've even heard them say things like, you know, I consider myself more humble than most. Really? And you don't see that. <laughs> you're not seeing what you're saying, right? Your, your pride in your humility, okay? And so what are a few things that we can do to kind of activate humility in our lives? How do, we, how do we work through this? So let's just talk about a couple things. The first is this. To walk in humility, we have to refuse to blame. Like blame should be not part of our vocabulary. We need to refuse to blame. And we live in this world... I don't know if you've noticed, maybe this, I, I say these things, whenever I say, like, I don't know if you've noticed, or back when I was younger, they make me look so old, or sound so old, but hey, it is what it is, and you got what you got. So, we just live in a world where it seems like personal responsibility is a, is a very long lost trait. That, I mean, and, oh my, I mean, just people have such a difficult time taking responsibility for their junk. Um, we, you know, we lose our job, and it's the company's fault, right? I mean, I've known guys who have just lost job after job after job, haven't been able to keep a job for more than six months, and it's always the company's fault. They got screwed by the company. They didn't know what they were doing over there. It's always somebody else's fault, right? You lose your job. A relationship doesn't work out, and it's all the other person's fault. You know, it, it's, it's like, and, we, and we'll even say things like, I know I wasn't perfect, but blah, 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 blah. Um, <laughs> Our business fails, and it's the economy. Oh, it's the economy's fault. The economy, the economy, the economy. Our health fails, and we blame the doctor. Or we blame our parents because they like to cook rich foods, Right? We blame everything but our own laziness, our own lack of self-control. We blame everything but our own addictive patterns when our health fails, right? And so, uh, we, you know, we have to learn to refuse to, bl to blame. Pride wants to be seen as having it all together. That's the thing about pride. It wants to be seen as having it all together. So it has to be someone else's fault if we don't succeed. It has to be. Because if it's not, then all of a sudden that the spotlight falls on our failures and our junk. And that's difficult to endure. But have you ever noticed that politicians will never, ever say that they're wrong? I watched the last few debates, and it was like, I would love, for once, you know what? I'll vote for the guy who goes, I was wrong. I totally screwed up. Oh, my goodness. Not this is what my advisors told me to do, or anything like that, but just went, you know what, <laughs> I, I, would just, I was wrong. You know what, you got my vote. You got my vote. And so, you know, blaming others keeps us from seeing where we need to grow, because it's somebody else's fault. That's why we failed. Somebody else did it. And it keeps us from seeing where we need to grow. It minimizes our role in falling short. It keeps us stuck 
and prone to repeat the same experience over and over and over and over. Another relationship, another job, another failure, another, another, another. And, and so when we blame others instead of just letting God spotlight what needs to change and what needs to grow and taking personal responsibility and saying words like, I was wrong and I'm sorry, you know what I'm saying? When we learn to say those words, hey, you know what? Those will save a marriage. Husbands and wives, <laughs> right? Okay, those words will save a marriage. I'm sorry, I was wrong. I was wrong, I'm sorry. Don't you love it when I say those things, Sonny? Yes, yeah, see? She's like, oh, yes. Oh, yes, baby. So, you know, <laughs> right? And so blaming others keeps us stuck, keeps us stuck. Refuse to blame. Instead, put yourself through some honest self examination. Maybe even ask a trusted friend. Have you ever gone to a friend and look and just said, look, I promise I won't be mad at you. I promise. I promise. But I, I want you to tell me what you saw. I want you to tell me the blind spots. Where did I go wrong? Where did I go wrong? Did you see an attitude in me? Did you see pride in me? Because remember, we can see each other's pride so much easier than our own, right? I just tell a friend, look, I promise I won't get mad, but I want you to tell me where you saw pride in me, where you saw impulsiveness in me, where you saw me going wrong. Uh, that would be, you know what, that will put you way, just, just way beyond, you know, uh, in, in your ability to grow and move forward uh, from where you are. Refuse to blame. And then the next thing is I would be remiss if I didn't add this to it. But refuse to blame, but also refuse to shame. And what I'm talking about here is shaming yourself. Refuse to shame yourself, right? Refuse. Sometimes people fall short, and instead of humbly allowing God to take them to greater levels of surrender, instead what they do is shame themselves. And, and maybe, maybe the shame appeases some sort of religious spirit, right? What a horrible wretch I am, right? Shaming yourself beating yourself up, proclaiming your wretchedness is not humility. It's not genuine, godly humility. Okay? Do you know what it is? It's self-hatred. And you know what? We don't hate what God loves. That's as believers. We don't hate what God loves. And so God doesn't hate you. So shaming yourself is just, it's just self-hatred and it actually short-circuits what God wants to do in you through the situation. Because instead of humbly coming before the Lord and, and allowing Him to, to change you and, and love you and grow you, you're just beating yourself up until you feel like you've beat yourself up enough, and then you go back to the same old patterns. It's not productive. It short-circuits what God wants you to do. A religious spirit isn't from God. So when that shaming, when you start to shame yourself because you've screwed up again or you've done it again or whatever, you know what? Just tell that shame to just shut up because shame isn't from God and walk forward, walk forward. Refuse to shame yourself and refuse to blame others, okay? And the last part is this. This is a short message. I thought it was going to be longer than this. You're welcome. Um... <laughs> But refuse to say the same, okay? The, the, the worst thing about pride is it 
convinces you that you have nothing to learn. It convinces you that you have nothing to learn. It's funny because we have a question. I don't know if you still ask it, but back when I was a part of uh, worship team auditions, we had a question, and it was, uh, what do you hope to learn to be a part of uh, you know, being on the worship team? And if someone couldn't answer that question, it was an immediate red flag for us. Because, you know, we, we did. In fact, uh, the, there was one time where the answer was, I just really want to help you guys out. Like, that was the answer to what would you like to learn. I just really hope to, you know, help you guys out. And um, it was that, that ended up being the, the, the worst worship team member we've ever had. <laughs> so, I mean, I'll just tell it like it is. And so uh, it was, uh, somebody like, what did I answer? How did I, the worship team right now, what did I say? What did I say? Was it? It's, it's literally someone who didn't last a Sunday. So don't worry about it. It's none of you. <laughs> the worship team, you're all in the clear. <laughs> uh, but, you know, pride convinces you that, you, that, there's, that there's nothing for you to learn. That there's nothing for you to learn. And humble people, here's the thing about humble people. Humble people seem to be constantly curious. There is a curiousness about humble people. They ask a lot of great questions. They kind of probe. They love to learn. There's something that they can learn from everybody. You know, a humble person can learn from somebody younger than them or older than them. A younger uh, person, uh, person, somebody who's been married for 10 years uh, can humbly go, I can learn from somebody who's been married for five years, you know. And so a humble person is curious by nature. Their desire to learn is greater than their fear of asking a dumb question. Anybody here ever go, I'm a, I would like to ask this question, but I'm afraid that it might be seen as like a dumb question. That's just pride. That's just pride. And so, uh, you know, there's no such thing as a dumb question to a humble person. And so a humble person is just curious. And that's just it. Why, don't we, why do we feel like it would be a dumb question? Why do we feel like we might be embarrassed? Because pride is about uh, preserving and protecting our appearance and our reputation. That's all a part of pride. Listen, you just got to have nothing to lose. And you have to be able to go, you know what? My desire to grow is greater than my desire to appear like I need to grow. <laughs> right? And so uh, humble people are crazy teachable and they apply what they learn. They apply what they learn. Refuse to let a week go by, a month go by, a year go by without some form of growth in your life. Without some form of growth in your life. Refuse to blame, right? Refuse to shame. And refuse to what? Stay the... Yeah. And so as we close this morning... Um, I just want to close with just a little bit of self-examination, you know, and maybe, I, don't, I think I've got the questions on the bulletin. Does anybody have a bulletin on them? I think it should. The questions are not on the bulletin. Oh, you guys don't have bulletins? They were in the bucket. Okay. So does anybody want to walk around with the bucket and uh, just grab one if you can? Is the question on the bulletin? <laughs> okay. Well, I can humbly say that I don't know. Because um, I'm, I, you know, I'm kind of one of the most humble people I know. 
Uh, but what we're going to do is just kind of close with a little self-examination. And I think, I think uh, Lori ran back to go and, and grab them. But what I want to do is just ask ourselves the, que the questions. The first question is, in what situations have I been blaming instead of taking a hard look at myself? In what situations? Maybe it's a relationship situation. Maybe it's a situation with your job. Maybe it's a, you know, just a situation with life, right? Where you've been blaming instead of taking a hard look at yourself. Because you know what? The interesting thing that we kind of like to say is when somebody goes from issue to issue to issue, we usually like to go, well, what's the common denominator? Oh, it's you. <laughs> You're the only common denominator at this business and that business and in that relationship and that relationship, right? What's the common denominator? What situation have I been blaming and not taking a hard look at myself? In what setbacks or failures have I shamed myself instead of receiving God's grace and changing forward, right? What situations have I just shamed myself instead of receiving grace and just growing and changing forward? And lastly, what growth opportunities have I passed by because I was too proud? What growth opportunities have I passed by because I was too proud? We have them. I didn't put the questions. <laughs> you can have them anyway in case you want to write it down. There's something about writing down our answers, writing down our thoughts, writing them down that uh, activates certain parts of our brain that actually slow our thinking process down enough to actually, you know, to actually think about them instead of just sort of you know, giving some random thought and moving on to the next question. And so very important. Don't worry, these guys. Uh, they, uh, they sanitized and they did all that stuff, so it's safe, it's safe, they're, they're good, they're fresh bulletins, they are sanit they're sanitary, yeah, you could lick them. And uh, so it's all good. I see people sniffing their bulletins, that's fine. <laughs> so let me ask the question just one more time. Yes, I will. So the first question is, in what situations have I been blaming but not taking a hard look at myself? In what situations have I been blaming and not taking a hard look at myself? In what setbacks or failures have I shamed myself instead of receiving God's grace and changing forward? Changing forward. I, I know those are words that we don't generally put together, changing forward, but they, I felt like they, they reflected most what I was trying to communicate here. You know, what setbacks or failures have I shamed myself instead of receiving God's grace and changing forward? Okay. And lastly, what growth opportunities have I passed by because I was too proud? What growth opportunities have I missed out on because I was too proud? I was too proud. I went into a situation thinking I had nothing to learn. Nothing to learn. Okay. So let me give you just 10 seconds to think about those deep questions. You can solve all of your life's problems in 10 seconds, right? And, uh, and we'll pray. So if the worship team wants to come. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are good and it's, 
your desire for us to walk in humility. God, when we walk in humility, Lord, you, you deal with us so much differently, and we grow and we change. And God, we grow, most importantly, we grow in wisdom. And God, when we grab hold of that humility and grow in wisdom, Lord, we experience what your word says, offering long life in her right hand and riches and honor in her left, God. God, we want to walk in all that you have for us, life abundantly. Uh, but God, that happens when we also walk in wisdom. Wisdom opens the door for life abundant. So God, help us to walk in humility, to refuse to blame others, to refuse to blame others, to refuse to blame situations. God, we don't want to play the blame game. But God, we also don't want to play the shame game either, refusing to shame ourselves. Because we know, God, that when we walk in humility and walk in wisdom, you take us, God, from glory to glory. You take us to amazing places. Lord, your word says that wisdom is proven true by the lives who live it. Wisdom is proven true by the lives who live it. God, we want to live lives that demonstrate true wisdom. God, have your way with us. Have your way. In Jesus' name.